Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, and you can find me on Twitter at BobbyFantasyPro. I'm joined by Mike Tagliere, as always. He's on Twitter at Mike Tagliere NFL, and we've got a guest today. It's Elliot Christ of the Quant Edge. He's on Twitter at his name, Elliot Christ. That's E-L-I-O-T-C-R-I-S-T. Give him a follow. Elliot, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, it's always our pleasure talking to you. Been looking forward to it. And uh, you guys who listen to the show all the time know I haven't been here in a couple weeks after Tags delivered the blow in our uh, in our mock draft, beating me, what is it, like one straight time, Tags? Is that what it is right now? It's like seven straight times or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lot. I had to take some time off to uh, recover my ego, but I've been doing a lot of baseball content, March Madness, and I was talking before the show with Tags, like, this is my favorite time of the year. I'm super busy doing all of these sports and everything. But this is the best sports month for me because you've got March Madness coming up. You've got the NFL draft that we're prepping for, NFL free agency, fantasy baseball drafts. Elliot and Tags, I'll let you go first, Elliot. I want to ask you, what is your favorite sports month of the year? Ooh, I want to say October or November. So you got the World Series, you got NFL, college football, NBA, even a little bit of college basketball if you move it to uh, November. So I probably have to go October, November. Tags, are you going with August or September? <laughs> you know it, dude. You know it. it's it's <laughs> September for me. So August is awesome because you get to do all your drafts and everything like that. And, but preseason football just doesn't do it for me the way that regular season does. So uh, you know, once we start seeing like regular season NFL action, that's that's what gets my juices flowing. That's my favorite month. I mean, you know, I start writing the primer during those months, and that's just like it's my favorite thing to do. So I mean, like doing all that in that month is just. And my birthday's in September too, so that obviously doesn't hurt. Well, then I cheated, too, because my birthday's in October, so I guess I'm picking October. So. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tags, how many entries have you submitted for this uh, signed Amari Cooper helmet that we're giving away? They told me I can't win it, so I'm a pretty, <laughs> I'm upset about it. I obviously left a review on our podcast. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that, but seriously, I would really, really like to like have one of our Twitter followers, one of our podcast listeners. Like, I want one of you guys to win this one, and I want you guys to tell me when you win it, because I still have yet to have someone tell me on Twitter, be like, Tags, I won the helmet. Like, so we've been giving away a lot of them recently, so I, I really do want to hear from you guys. Let me know if you guys won one of our prizes, our giveaways. I'm always the one that gets to tell them, and they're all super pumped. This one's going to be really cool, though. It's a signed Amari Cooper's Cowboys helmet. comes to us, of course, from pristineauction.com. And you can enter the contest. It takes like 30 seconds to enter. Just go to fantasypros.com slash contest. We're ending this one in uh, a little less than two weeks. Again, it's fantasypros.com slash contest. And I want to tell you a little about Pristine Auction. We've been telling you about them quite a bit. Tags and I just love them. I'm always on their site. Literally... Almost every day, making sure I, I can't, uh, you know, miss out on some great value. And there were some really good ones that I saw lately. Uh, I was a big Rams fan when they were still in St. Louis. I saw a signed Kurt Warner Rams jersey that I missed out on. Went for 78 bucks. I don't know. He, he's not a top five quarterback, but I would say he's in a lot of people's top tens because of some of the stretches he had. Um, so I loved Kurt Warner, and I, I wish that I would have seen that one. Another one that I saw that was really cool tags, it, it would have fit in really well with your uh, your collection. It was a chrome DeAndre Hopkins signed Clemson helmet. Went for $71, and this thing was beautiful. Wow. I mean, I'm collecting pro teams, but that's still awesome. I'm sure there's there's got to be like some DeAndre Hopkins fan out there. You could have made room for a Clemson helmet. I, I have no rooting interest. I mean, like, are you actually going to get like a Bills helmet and a Jets helmet? No offense, Elliot. I already have a Bills helmet. It's actually a Sammy Watkins one. <laughs> oh, man. Because I was going to say there's a Josh Allen one out there right now. Oh, I'm not getting that. 
Anyway, if you guys want to check out pristineauction.com, it's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. They've got hundreds of auctions that they end every single day. You can get some great values like I was talking about. Everything's guaranteed authentic from the most trusted sources. And uh, Elliot, I'm sorry for making fun of your Jets, man. No, listen, I'm you beat me to it. <laughs> it's a Elliot tradition where I make fun of the Jets on every podcast I go on. And, you know, hearing those sports memorabilia collections gets me pumped, too, because I, I have more than I can put up. <laughs> so I got 24 of the 32 signed by one of the all-time greats. So no Sammy Watkins helmet for me, but, you know, it's really exciting stuff. So, Elliot, real quick. So Dan Harris, uh, he's, he's my – actually, he co-hosts the podcast with me during the season on Sundays. He's a big Jets fan, and I asked him, I said, what Jets helmet am I supposed to get? And he and he was having trouble answering that one. I mean, do you go with, like, a Darrell Revis? I mean, I, I really don't know what the Jets helmet should be. Uh, so the way I did it was all-time great player on a different team. So I think there are two options, and I think it's Revis or Curtis Martin. And then after that, I think you might as well not get a Jets helmet. <laughs> that is so sad. Oh, man, that's rough. So, guys, we're going to be talking about free agency here today. Uh, before we do that, though, I want to talk about some other offseason stuff that's going on. Uh, mainly, Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham are likely to get traded. Tags, what are you hearing about these two? I would love to see the Giants trade Odell Beckham, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, they have just too many star-studded players in that offense. It can win now, but if, if they ignore the quarterback position again, I don't, I don't even know what to do with that team. Uh, but Antonio Brown is clearly going to get traded, and honestly, I have Twitter open now uh, waiting for things to develop because they're saying that Antonio Brown will be dealt by Friday, probably at the latest, and the teams in the running right now, like the big names that are still around, are the Raiders, the Titans, and the Redskins. Those are apparently the three teams that are left. Apparently, there were three teams that also entered the mix yesterday. I don't know if that has to do with the Steelers trying to drum up interest, but there's been teams that have dropped out of the contention. So I would imagine that the Raiders are going to be, they're offering to give up one of their first round picks to get AB. Elliot, where is he going to land? The Raiders make a ton of sense. You know, they're, they're desperate for star power. He can kind of run that franchise. He can be out in Vegas or Oakland or wherever they, they are living a good life. Honestly, from a fantasy perspective, those are probably three of the worst teams you could ask for, right? The Titans. And if you're a Corey Davis dynasty guy, paid that one-on-one price, bought again high this offseason, you, you want him as far away from Tennessee as possible. Uh, Washington, there's open targets everywhere, but we have no idea who the quarterback's going to be. Derek Carr is a nightmare, and you add in the fact that you don't know who the rookie quarterback is. And the other teams that we've heard that dropped out are the Cardinals and the Jets. So from a fantasy perspective... Antonio Brown has taken a major hit this year, but he is going to be fed targets and be the feature point of the offense. And I think one really interesting thing if he goes to Oakland is him and Bell are like best friends. So does Bell follow him out there and you kind of get the killer bees in Oakland? Interesting. Yeah. You know, I was looking at another scenario as well. I don't remember who it was reporting that uh, the Raiders wanted to go after Kyler Murray. They wanted to get Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. If they did that, now obviously that's a lot of talent. If they did that, would they sniff 500? <laughs> when are they getting a defensive player, right? That defense is all-time bad. And Le'Veon Bell's not going to run very well behind that offensive line. Let's be real about that. And John Gruden still has to understand that with Antonio Brown. Do you trust Kyler Murray in a John Gruden system right now? No. Nope. You don't trust anybody in that. I mean, if they trade away Amari Cooper because they think he's bad at football, it tells you everything you need to know. Real quick, a question for both of you guys. It seems most likely that's the Raiders, okay? Let's pretend it is the Raiders right now. Like, that trade takes place. We hear about it, you know, an hour after we get off the podcast. Where do you draft Antonio Brown in 2019 fantasy drafts? 20th overall. I'm not moving him. 
That sounds about right. I mean, I've done some best balls already, and he's gone in the third and fourth rounds. Holy cow. I saw, I saw Elliot, I saw something you posted on Twitter that Odell Beckham went in the third round. You got him in the 3-1 the pick. I was dying, man. I was like, are you kidding? It was a 10-team league um, on draft, and I got Barkley at 1, Julio at 2-10, and Beckham at 3-1. That's stupid. What? Antonio Brown went like 3-6, and I was like, what is going on? I need to get all the best ball action I can, but I've, I'm in like 10 right now on draft just having fun, and... Um, I've seen Brown go in the third or fourth round in almost every single one of them. Smart. Holy cow, man. I need to get in on that action. Yeah, absolutely. If you're getting Julio and Beckham that late, I need to do that before it disappears. <laughs> it's just free money, right? If they're going to hand me money, I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, I understand Antonio Brown going away from Big Ben, um, but I think more so Antonio Brown made Big Ben than Big Ben made Antonio Brown. I think it's a combination of the two. I think, honestly, I, I think people are overlooking the effect that this is going to have on Juju Smith-Schuster. You say negative or positive? It's going to be negative for Juju. Like, I, I mean, the targets, the th- people don't realize, like, Juju had, what was it, 160-some targets this past year. So it's not like his targets are going to skyrocket because Antonio Brown's gone. They're going to find someone else to distribute those targets to. And Juju Smith-Schuster is not going to be able to play in the slot nearly as much as he has over the last two years. And he's going to see top cornerbacks in coverage. I think you're going to see his efficiency drop off in a big way if Antonio Brown's gone. I actually looked at the Quan Edge tools on this one. When Antonio Brown's off the field, Juju Smith-Schuster actually had a lower target share. That's crazy. So, it, But it makes a lot of sense. I mean, Antonio Brown is as dangerous of a wide receiver as there is in the NFL. I mean, beyond calling himself Mr. Big Chest and Blonde Mustaches, I mean, <laughs> really good at football. Yeah. He's made Juju Smith's life as easy as one could ask for. Mm-hmm. You're right. And the thing is, Antonio Brown was a guy that was going top five, right? It was the four running backs last year in Brown. And now if you're going to move him to 20, 25, 30, 30, like that's such a huge discount and he's still going to get the volume. Mm-hmm. And Big Ben last year was not good, right? It was just like passes to Antonio Brown last year had like the highest off target rate of any receiver in the NFL. He's still going to have a ton of targets. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So Elliot, if Odell Beckham does get traded... Where would you see him going? I've heard Arizona might be a possibility. I think that would be an amazing fit. I think if Odell Beckham's getting traded, 31 teams need to get on the phone. Yeah. I don't understand this. This is a superstar player who you just, you paid him a ton of money. It's going to kill you salary-wise. This is the guy you just wanted to build your franchise around with Barkley, right? Perfect situation for a young quarterback to come into. You're going to blow it up, trade him for what, a first-round pick? There's no receiver that's going to be as good as Odell Beckham. I mean, is he the most talented receiver in the game, or would you say it's Hopkins or Julio Jones or maybe someone else? I mean, I, I don't think you can go wrong. This is one of those situations where people always nitpick these guys. I think Julio Jones is the most physically gifted just because Agree. Size, the way he moves is unbelievable. I think DeAndre Hopkins has as strong of hands as anyone I've seen. Odell Beckham and Antonio Brown are probably like the smoothest guys in the NFL, but the answer is yes. Whenever people questions like Julio or Odell Beckham like if I get to choose I'm having a good day (laughs) Odell Beckham or Sterling Shepard it's just a situation where I think people can spend a little bit too much time focusing on who's number one versus number two when the answer is just they're both awesome what I'm trying to say is like if the NFL teams all did a redraft for for real football not fantasy football I think Odell Beckham would be one of the first 15 20 picks out of all the positions he's that good and they're trading the guy it makes no sense. I mean, for me to trade him, like if I was going to trade him from the Giants, like the team I would accept an offer, like if Oakland was like, okay, we'll give you our three first round picks. Then I start to consider that, you know what I mean? But if it's like, hey, the Cardinals will give you our second round pick, like, no. 
Give me a break, man. They should wait for multiple first round picks. You know, if they trade him, if 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 this is for real and Odell Beckham gets traded, they better get at least two first round picks. Like I'm saying that's the bare minimum. Like if you get anything less than that, you lost. Unless it's like number one overall and then you can go get Kyler Murray. Uh, I don't I wouldn't take Kyler Murray number one overall, but that's just me. I agree with you on that one. We don't need to get into all that, though. It's the free agency show. <laughs> and uh, there is so much draft talk we could do, especially since I've been gone for like three weeks from the show. So let's dive right into it. Nick Foles is ending up in Jacksonville, right, Elliot? For $20 million, and then they're going to be all kinds of upset again. <laughs> yes. Jacksonville has no money at all. They've got no offensive line. They've got some holes in defense. I know they've got a lot of weapons, but... Are you guys basketball fans? Oh, yeah. I love the NBA. Bismack Biombo, you remember that series he had against the Cavs? And they, I think the Raptors took him a seven, and he was blocking all of LeBron's shots and everything? Man, I was so hyped for him in fantasy basketball. It never panned out because he didn't get the minutes. I feel like he's Nick Foles. You know, he has a big, a big playoffs. He gets $80 million, and you kind of never hear from him again. Yeah. You know, even Nick Foles in a couple games in the playoffs, that, that game against the Patriots was awesome. But against the Falcons, if Julio comes out with that pass, you know, we never pay Nick Foles this kind of money. I'm not paying, I'm not setting my franchise up with Nick Foles for $20 million. I think, you know, that's how you set your franchise back. If I'm Jacksonville, I'd rather try to work with one of these young quarterbacks. Um, but I do think all signs point to Nick Foles in Jacksonville, even if I do think it's a mistake. Tags, if I'm ranking the quarterbacks, and I say Nick Foles is top 20. Are you saying over or under? Oh, under. I understand, guys. Like, and that's the thing. He had, you know, he had a hot streak when it mattered most. And the guy is obviously clutching the playoffs. But you have to remember the, the offense that he was playing in, too. Like, we've seen Carson Wentz walk in, you know, as a rookie, as a second-year player and play phenomenal football under Doug Peterson. And, you know, that's one of the things I think people underrate. Going to Jacksonville and that offense there, it's a joke. Nick Foles makes no sense for that offense. It makes He makes no sense for that team. Nick Foles is the type of quarterback who's willing to throw a ball up to his wide receiver and try and win a 50-50 situation. But the problem is he has no wide receivers to win those situations. He has Leonard Fournette. Tyrod Taylor should be the guy that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to acquire right now. He doesn't turn the ball over. I think he's got under 10 interceptions on his last 1,000 pass attempts. So it's like you get Tyrod Taylor, you draft a quarterback, and you groom him. You take your time. If you want it to be Drew Locke, that's fine. But I am so tired about hearing about Nick Foles and going to the Jacks. That offensive line is not going to be even close. They're going to win the Super Bowl if they get Nick Foles. Give me a break. They're not even making the playoffs. I'm a Jags fan. I 100% agree with you. It's Tyrod Taylor, draft a quarterback. I wouldn't say with the seventh overall pick because I don't like the quarterbacks in this draft. But draft Brett Rippon. Draft Clayton Thorson in the third or fourth round. See if you can develop those guys. And if not, go get one next year. I, I mean, I just think that the defense is elite still. I think that this is a team that actually can go somewhere in the playoffs if they have a competent quarterback. And it's not to say that Nick Foles isn't competent, but I don't think on that particular team that he's good for it. The offensive line isn't great. Um, they're a run first team. They need someone who is just a, a safe quarterback who can help Leonard Fournette. And if you have a mobile threat back there like a Tyrod Taylor, it's going to open things up. It's going to remove a man out of the box for Leonard Fournette who continually, continually sees eight man fronts. What is what is Tyrod Taylor get paid. What is he going to get? He's probably going to get like a year contract as a as a backup, or maybe the Dolphins sign him. He's he's yeah for like eight million dollars, right? I don't, I don't even well. He might have to settle for even less than that. I could see five to seven, maybe five to eight. It's not even just Tyrod Taylor versus Nick Foles. It's Tyrod Taylor plus fifteen million dollars and Nick Foles. Yes. Exactly. You know when people ever compare these guys, it's it's a much deeper conversation. Nick Foles just frankly is not worth twenty million dollars. You know. I understand that when you get a quarterback, you have to pay him because without a quarterback, you can't win. But the biggest mistake you can make is overpaying a bad quarterback, getting stuck for three years. And 
and just being bad and not being able to get out of the situation. Yeah, do people forget what, what Nick Foles was without Doug Peterson? Well, he was with Jeff Fisher, so who knows who he really is. But what I'm saying is, like, if the Jags added Marcus Mariota to their team, do you think that they would all of a sudden be a Super Bowl contender? No. I think Foles and Mariota are about the same. Mm. I'd take Mariota's potential over Nick Foles. I would, I would as well. I'm not a big Mar- Mariota fan, but I would still take him over Foles. Okay. I've got them pretty close, and uh, I agree. I think Tyrod Taylor gives them a better chance to win. I do think Tyrod, though, is going to end up with the Panthers because who knows what's going on with Cam Newton. They don't have to change their offense too much. Maybe Tyrod starts the first three or four games until Cam's ready, and I think that's a pretty good fit for their offense. Yeah, they're expecting Cam to be ready. I actually don't think that that's the, a terrible fit, but it seems like the Dolphins are kind of mailing in this year, and they're they're going to cut Tannehill. They need a quarterback. It's either they sign someone like Ryan Fitzpatrick, or they go out and get someone like Tyrod Taylor, who's a stopgap quarterback, and then they're going to draft that quarterback in 2020. Like I don't, I don't know if I feel like the Dolphins are going to move up in this draft to get a quarterback. I don't. I mean, I don't think they need to. There's four decent guys, and you can say what you want about Kyler Murray, but if he was in the draft last year. What is he, the fourth best quarterback? So, Elliot, my question to you is how did we go from, uh, you know, Kyler Murray's getting advice from the draft council that he's a third round pick to all of a sudden he's locked in, like, can't miss number one prospect. How did we go from, you know, from one side to the other? Three tenths of an inch, man. You know the answer. <laughs> I can't believe we are at he's the stone cold locked first overall pick. I don't know how we got there. I think it's I think honestly, it's the fact that Cliff Kingsbury had a video three months ago saying he would take him first overall. Yeah. If he if he doesn't go first overall to the Cardinals, does he slide to two one? No. I, I don't know if anyone else has taken him in the first round. There will. He's going he's he's going top ten regardless. That's happening. Man, that's nuts to me because when I watch the tape, I think Josh Rosen's a better quarterback than Kyler Murray. That's gonna make some people mad because I know Josh Rosen had a bad rookie season. You know who else did? Jared Goff. Josh Rosen was a great prospect. He's still extremely young, and they're gonna trade this guy for a third round pick to go get a complete risk. I don't think so. I think they get a first round pick for Rosen. So do I. If they trade it to Washington. Do you think that that's the case, Elliot? Yeah, I think there's a 0% chance he gets traded for a third round pick. Okay. That's all I've been hearing. And it's like, well, that sounds stupid to me, but. But I think, I think that's teams apparently trying to make it so that if they offer a second, they can get them to accept it. Yeah. If I, if I'm the Patriots, I say here, you can have a first round pick. Before anybody else makes that kind of offer, maybe the Cardinals jump at it. Because I think Josh Rosen can be a a top 15 quarterback in the NFL someday. Even if you think he's just a backup quarterback, he's worth trading for a third-round pick. Because that contract and the value is just, it's it's absurd. Trading him for a third-round pick is a fireball offense. I don't care if you're the Jets and you have Sam Darnold or the Browns and Baker Mayfield or the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. You should trade a third-round pick for Josh Rosen. Because then you just hold on to him for a year and then trade him for a first-round pick when he doesn't play at all. And plus, you're also passing on Bosa. It's not like you're just trading Rosen for a third round. You're you're missing out on one of the best defensive linemen that we've seen in years. Would you rather have Josh Rosen and Nick Bosa or Kyler Murray in a third-round pick? Oh, man. I'd rather have Josh Rosen than Kyler Murray. And yeah, give me Bosa, too. Rosen was supposed to be the safe quarterback coming out of college. You know, a lot of people comped him, myself included, to like a Matt Ryan. And I felt like his ceiling was somewhat limited in the NFL. I didn't feel like he'd be a superstar, but I felt like he'd be a longtime franchise quarterback. I mean, I don't know if I want to judge him off one year in the offense, but he didn't look very good. And that's why I think that you're having these conversations about Kyler Murray, because if he'd showed some sort of competence, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. But you try to look good when you're getting sacked 45 times, Tags. No, but even beyond that, Rosen didn't play well. He didn't. They they didn't even use David Johnson in the passing game. Like, the whole offense didn't know what they were doing. But Josh Rosen did not play well. 
Yeah, that offensive line's terrible. I mean, Kyler Murray, that's the only reason that I'm doing this is because with Kyler Murray there, he he masks some of that offensive line, you know, issues that they have. And I think it does open things up for David Johnson, whereas Josh Rosen, they're going to have to invest a lot into that offensive line. And, you know, with that number one pick, they're not taking an offensive lineman. I actually thought that they might even trade back out of that pick just to collect some because they have a lot of holes in that roster. But if you take Bosa with that pick, I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah. I mean, keep in mind also. Josh Rosen was thrown to Trent Sherfield as his number two wide receiver last year. That was at the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, Chad Williams is a bust. I would imagine they're going to draft a receiver uh, this year, but it's it's frustrating. But can we move on to the running backs so we stop talking about quarterbacks? They just make me mad. Yeah. Uh, just really quick. I want to get your, your opinion. Teddy Bridgewater staying a backup, right? I have him with the Saints. Yeah, he's he's a backup. And what about Ryan Fitzpatrick? Elliot, you think he starts anywhere? At some point this year. Yep. I've got him with uh, landing with the Titans because I think Mariota is a question mark. I think they know that. And he's just a safe backup. Going back to Tennessee, huh? Um, I don't think it's a bad fit. Like, But here, here's a fun fact about Ryan Fitzpatrick before we move on. Last season, he averaged 9.6 yards per attempt. That is the third highest mark of all time among quarterbacks <laughs> who threw at least 100 passes. Holy cow, dude. It's nuts. It's nuts. Wow, that's really something. Yeah, I I like the Dolphins as a potential spot for him. Just like Because I think that he's going to go to a team that's basically not going to answer their quarterback situation this year maybe the Redskins it's going to a team like that and kind of just like you know doing the Ryan Fitzpatrick thing going from team to team you know holding them over for a year sure yeah that was so much fun when Fitzmagic was going on uh okay let's go to running backs and obviously we have to start with Le'Veon Bell because uh Kareem Hunt has already signed uh Le'Veon Bell I have him going to the Houston Texans tags where do you have him landing I mean, obviously, the ideal scenario would be him going to the Colts, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, You're looking at the Raiders, the Jets. These are the teams that I think are going to develop the most like market for Le'Veon Bell. It's just a signing that basically assures their franchise, their fans that they're not giving up and they're signing a running back to a massive contract. I thought about the Ravens, and I still think it's a possibility he goes there, just kind of like slap in the face to the Steelers. The Ravens are too smart for that crap. They want more of a downhill running back with that Lamar Jackson offense, and I don't think that Le'Veon Bell necessarily fits that mold that they'd want. But either way, he's another one. His fantasy stock is going to take a massive hit no matter where he goes, unless... The Colts, again, that would be ideal, but Marlon Mack is still there. They seem to be happy with him, so I don't think that they're signing Le'Veon Bell. And you've got Naheem Hines, who's one of the best pass-catching running backs in the NFL. I mean, Elliot, do you want your Jets to sign him? Like, I don't I don't know how Jets fans feel about that because I feel like he's not going to work behind that offensive line. That's my feeling on him and the Jets. So I think it comes down to the Jets or the Raiders. And quite frankly, I think Le'Veon Bell has known where he's going to sign for the last three months under the table deal his agent had once the only way it makes any sense that he sat out that amount of time it's funny with the jets too one day you hear like the jets are the heavy favorites and the next day you hear they have no interest and the next day you're like the jets are in the mix it's it's amazing how the reporting changes there but whenever you pay a running back that much money you're overpaying him the jets do have a hundred million dollars i anticipated them getting like paradis uh saffold just doing everything they can to set up sam donald for success and Quite frankly, Le'Veon Bell would probably be the second best receiver on the Jets right now behind Robbie Anderson. So I wouldn't hate it. I think he's going to go either to the Jets or the Raiders. I think some Jets fans will absolutely celebrate it. But I ultimately think he lands up as a New York Jet. All right. You guys don't think the Texans are really an option. I think they're going to get rid of uh, Lamar Miller. The Texans have even more money than the Raiders and not really many needs. The reason the Raiders make less sense and the Texans make sense too is because anyone who pays a running back big money should have a quarterback on a rookie contract. But you can even make an argument that it makes sense. 
All right, so you were talking about uh, Baltimore getting a power back. I think that they're going to spend money at other positions, maybe get uh, Jamison Crowder, something like Trey Flowers to help their uh, their pass rush, because I don't really think they're the type to go out and get a running back in free agency. But, Tags, would you see Mark Ingram being a fit if they do something like that instead of in the draft? I actually like Mark Ingram signing with the Bears, and I still think that's a very good possibility that the Bears get him. Uh, he's a competent pass catcher. He's not known for that. The Bears don't necessarily need that because they have it in Tariq Cohen. Uh, they've been shopping Jordan Howard. I don't know if any team's going to you know, trade for him. His salary is under $2 million, so it's like he is movable. He doesn't fit the scheme at all. He has no hands. I think Mark Ingram to the Bears would make sense, but the Ravens, I don't know. I think they're a team that's going younger. So, I don't, so you know, like looking at the defensive talent that they're losing, like CJ Mosley's hitting the open market. Terrell Suggs is a free agent. Zadarius Smith is a free agent. Brent Urban. Uh, they just cut Eric Weddle. There are so many questions on the defensive side of the ball for the Ravens. I don't know what they're doing. Are they punting? But it's no, I don't know. They're not. It's just they're moving to it. Like they're literally changing their identity. And it's why I've kind of gone through. And I said that I think the Browns are a legitimate contender this year, like for the playoffs and potentially a Super Bowl. If Freddie Kitchens is the coach that everybody thinks he is, because you have the Steelers who are literally dismantling everything. They're losing their 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 star players. Their defense has holes all over the place. And then you look at the Ravens who are changing their identity, moving to someone like Lamar Jackson. And if he doesn't develop as a passer, they're going to have trouble. So Losing these players in defense, I mean, I don't think they're going to sign an older player. I think that they're looking for someone to be a downhill runner. Um, they can get that in the draft this year. They might have it on the roster with Dixon, with Edwards. Benny Snell, baby. Oh, Benny Snell. Ugh. Benny Snell's combine was not that slow. He's about as fast as Kareem Hunt in terms of uh, the combine. Bobby, as a, as, a, as a gauge, you are faster than Benny Snell. <laughs> well, that's, you know, I'm a world record holder. <laughs> what about Tevin Coleman for the Ravens? That's interesting. I don't think he's built for that role. I mean, I'm not a huge Tevin Coleman guy. I feel like he hurt his stock more than anyone uh, last year. You know, like with Devonta Freeman on the shelf, he had a chance to like kind of, you know, earn himself a lot of money. And walking into that role, he just he had a couple big games here and there, but nothing significant. I feel like a team like the Bills or the Jets might make the most sense for him just because it's like LaShawn McCoy is there. They can ease him into the offense. They have a they have LaShawn McCoy's replacement. There's no depth on that team. They have money to spend. The Jets, we've talked about them with Le'Veon Bell. If they don't want to pay Le'Veon Bell, Tevin Coleman uh, is like the next best option, I suppose. I don't know. I don't know what the market is going to be for someone like Tevin Coleman. Like, would a team rather draft one of the you know top five running backs or would they rather sign Tevin Coleman to a healthy contract because he does have limited tread on his tires and he's just 25 years old? Like, I don't know what the market is for Tevin Coleman right now. This year's rookie running back class just sucks. So I wouldn't mind if my team needed a running back and signed Tevin Coleman. I, the way I view Coleman with Jackson is the fact that he's got that big playability and, you know, Jackson can hold gaps open and Coleman and Jackson can kind of be explosive. But I think it's Bell, Ingram, Coleman, Ajahi, maybe you want to throw in that conversation, C.J. Anderson, who's, you know, the greatest running back uh, in running history. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a super exciting class. And, you know, Le'Veon Bell is going to be the first domino to fall. I think all these guys are probably – have a chance to lose some fantasy value. You know, it, it really depends on landing spots. But Mark Ingram, you know, was in a very high potent offense that ran the ball a ton. I think wherever he goes, he's going to be a piece of the offense again, and it'll probably be a worse offense, and he's going to take a hit. I would just like to say, I want it known on this podcast, I know this is going to come across as a hot take to some people, I would rather sign TJ Yeldon than Tevin Coleman. I think TJ Yeldon is going to come cheaper. Me personally, I think he's a better running back. I think if you would have put TJ Yeldon in the starting offense for the Falcons, I think TJ Yeldon would have been a fantasy superstar, whereas 
Coleman is more of like a timeshare back. He's not a bad player, but I think Yeldon got a bad rep for being behind a terrible offensive line in Jacksonville. And then them drafting Leonard Fournette kind of buried him on the depth chart. I think Yeldon is still a very good football player. And honestly, like one of the places I'd love to see him go is the Bucks. I don't think they're giving up on Ronald Jones. Like for, for the record, the guy has 22 career carries. You spent a high second round pick on him. You can't move on yet. You have to at least see. I don't know what they were doing last year, but with a new coaching staff, I would imagine they're going to give him a shot. But bring in some competition. TJ Yeldon will come as a value. He can catch passes out of the backfield. I feel like TJ Yeldon is just very undervalued in this free agent class. I would love to see Yeldon go to the Saints. I think I th- replace him with Ingram, mix and match Kamara. I mean, obviously, it's going people are drafting Kamara like they're not going to replace Ingram, but I, I think having two pass-catching backs, be able to put them on the field at the same time with that offense. I, I liked him in New Orleans. You know, we saw Kamara as that featured back early on in the season. He was awesome. I don't know if he can do it for the full season or if the Saints want to try. I would imagine that they don't, so I'm not drafting him in the top five like everybody else seems to be. I'm a little bit more skeptical than that. Guys, I'm looking at all these running backs that we're talking about. Le'Veon Bell is going to be some team starter. Mark Ingram, Jay Ajayi, Tevin Coleman, maybe Marshawn Lynch, C.J. Anderson. I don't think anyone is going to sign them and say, this is going to be our starter. I mean, maybe if the Jets miss on uh, on Le'Veon Bell, they use one of these guys instead of a rookie. But I, I think the only way one of these guys is going to start is if the starter ahead of them gets hurt. Yeah, or a timeshare. I think I, I 100% agree with you. Like Mark Ingram's not going to get a workhorse role somewhere. Um, is like their primary 20 touch. I don't think there's a 20 touch running back outside of Le'Veon Bell in this free agent class. And I, I mean, I think that's just a testament to the running back talent that's in the league right now compared to the the vacant spots. And that's why Le'Veon Bell is going to take a hit. He's not going to get 100 receptions in a year like a Christian McCaffrey. Like that's. I I just feel like I also think it's possible that Le'Veon Bell does not play football. He said that if someone doesn't pay him the 15 plus million that he wants, that he'll just walk away from the game. Who who in their right mind would pay a running back $15 million? Who in their right mind would sit out for an entire season and not make over $10 million? Le'Veon Bell did. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I think it's a possibility that he doesn't play football again. Wow, man. That would be absolutely absurd. He just got bad advice from his agent and he realizes it and he's just saying that because everyone's like, well, he's crazy enough to sit out a whole season. He'd be crazy enough, uh, you know, but we're desperate for a running back. We're going to go out and get this guy. Maybe he's a superstar. I I don't think there's any way he's done for his career, is he? I mean, I I don't want to think so. I don't think that he's done talent wise. I think he could still play football, but some people have talked about him ballooning up to 260 pounds uh, while being out of football. So I don't. I don't know if there's any truth to that, and Le'Veon hasn't posted any pictures like disputing it. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, what do you think about this? Like Le'Veon Bell apparently is just humongous. Is this going to be like Eddie Lacy, where some team signs him and he's just not very good, or do you think he'll cut the weight and be fine? I think there's no way he walks in to try to sign a contract for fifteen million dollars for that. I think he enjoyed himself in Miami, eating good and, and drinking and all that other stuff. You know, he's, he's a fan of, of the ganja, which always makes you eat a little bit more. But I think he'll be good and show up to the, the his new team of the right weight. Maybe that's why he didn't sign is like, well, if I play looking like this, then nobody's going to sign me in this offseason. I do think that you guys are right, though, that he's the only workhorse back. And then the one like super sleeper guy I like is Corey Grant from the Jaguars. And I think he's an explosive player. And I'll be interested to see where he goes. And He's kind of like Philip Lindsay, isn't he? Yeah, I mean... He's been, a lot of people have talked about he was the best running back in Jacksonville, which is probably a stretch, but, you know, it's certainly a guy that I'm curious to see where he goes and if 
he can go to a situation where he's an injury away from getting a large workload. He could be a big-time fantasy sleeper. I watched every play in agony as a Jags fan. And I can tell you that um, Corey Grant was the best running back in terms of what they needed because their offensive line was so bad. He could escape some of those poor running options when Leonard Fournette wasn't able to. Um, but yeah, I think Leonard Fournette is, is a lot better than him. Uh, let's talk about the wide receivers here, and it's not an especially exciting class, but I think people forget just how good Golden Tate was before he got traded to the Eagles. He was having another quality season, I think, in the right fit. He could have another year where he's a top 15 wide receiver. What do you think, Tags? Yeah, I really, I, I mean, this one comes down to landing spot for me. It's like, what does Golden Tate want? Does he want money or does he want to win? Because, you know, he's 30 years old now. He's a nine-year veteran. He has to choose what he wants because there's going to be teams that are lining up for him because there's a lot of teams that need a slot receiver. I mean, the Colts atop the list. I think the Colts make tons of sense for him. Uh, he's a possession-style receiver that can that meshes very well with a T.Y. Hilton who could be a field stretcher, doesn't get much yards after the catch, but Golden Tate is the exact opposite. You know, he's that guy that's going to run underneath. He's going to play in the slot all the time, and he's going to get tons of yards after the catch. Uh, the Packers need a slot receiver. The Redskins do. The Jets, the Raiders. There's a lot of teams that could use Golden Tate services, but it really comes down to him, and I think he ultimately chooses his landing spot. Me personally, I actually think that he does wind up with the Colts, but we're hearing rumors that the Colts are really interested in Tyrell Williams, which no, it, no, it, it, it's the dumbest thing I've heard. I mean, I'm I'm frustrated about it because I think Tyrell Williams is uh, one of the most overrated free agent wide receivers. I don't like him very much. I don't think that he's a special route runner. I think his hands are very, very questionable. I don't think he helps out his quarterback very much. Is he a vertical option? Who, who would you rather have Williams or Devin Funches? It's about it's about the same. It's a toss up. It depends on the team. Can I pass? Yeah. Yeah, that's the right answer, Elliot. <laughs> it depends on the team and what you need. Like, if you need someone in the red zone, Devin Funch is 100%. If you need someone to stretch the field a little bit, Tyrell Williams. But they already have T.Y. Hilton. That's why it makes no sense for me. Like, if I'm a team, I'd rather have John Brown than all of them. That's what I was about to say. John Brown's the, the name that I'm really excited to see where he goes. I want him with the Colts because John Brown is – he was a great wide receiver playing with Joe Flacco – and then all of a sudden they get rid of Flacco and he can't do anything, of course, because who could do anything in, in Lamar Jackson's offense as a rookie? But imagine if he goes to Indianapolis. I think John Brown is, is a better player than T.Y. Hilton. You lost me there. <laughs> I mean, you, you saw T.Y. Hilton without Andrew Luck. He was a borderline top 30 wide receiver. We've seen T.Y. Hilton without Andrew Luck. We've also seen T.Y. Hilton with Andrew Luck not able to throw the football the first like six games of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see John Brown in Houston. But who is he going to start over, though? Because, like, are you going to put QT on the bench? QT is better than Fuller. It better be Fuller on the bench. No, I think Fuller's just, he's locked in as a starter. They're going to have... You're right, but... I, I, they need depth on their team for sure. But I think John Brown should sign with a team that needs a, a starting wide receiver. I, that's probably the Watson fan in me, knowing that Fuller's always hurt and that vertical threat means so much. I mean, I'm just trying... I'm thinking of it more from an NFL team standpoint. Just teams that are willing to take vertical shots downfield. I mean, he might even make sense with Josh Allen and Buffalo. Oh, God. No one makes sense with Josh Allen and Buffalo. <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want that. I, I don't think anyone hates Josh Allen more than I do. From a football standpoint, I mean, him with Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey, that offense would be absurd. I, I really think, you know, Pittsburgh might make a ton of sense for him as a replacement for Antonio Brown. I really want to see him land in a good role for either football standpoints or fantasy standpoints. I just... Would hate for him to kind of go be a wide receiver two or three on a bad team. Pittsburgh is such a good call. He can elevate your fantasy roster or you can elevate an NFL team and make their offense big time. But 
you know, him and Lamar Jackson is probably the worst possible pairing of any teammates in the NFL last year. So I agree. I, we've got Golden Tate as the number one wide receiver in this class. I think John Brown is number two. Who would you guys put number three? Is it Adam Humphreys? It all comes down to what you need after that, because I don't think anybody's like a well-rounded receiver after that. Like, I think that Jamison Crowder is going to wind up with a job. He makes sense for the Lions. I could see him going to the Lions. Funches is a red zone guy where he's not a number one. Like, I don't want to treat him as number one, but I mean, he's only 24 years old, 6'4", 232 pounds. He produced with Cam Newton. Cam Newton's not known. He's not a very accurate passer. So, I mean, I'd say, I mean, if you're looking for a big receiver, I'd say Devin Funches. If you're looking for a slot receiver, I'd say Jamison Crowder. I like Crowder. I would like to see him land in a spot where he can do his thing. You know, he was kind of banged up the last couple of years, and he showed a lot of promise. I think he can still be that guy. I don't really know where the right landing spot is, but just somewhere with targets. I want to see what he can do. Crowder is one of those guys that has real talent, and if he goes in the right situation. But, you know, Tyrell Williams, is they're talking about $12 million a year pass. Devin Funches is going to get overpaid. Cole Beasley wants $20 million guaranteed. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Adam Humphreys wants ten to twelve million dollars. I would let them all just rot in free agency and go get a fifth round wide receiver. But that's my point. Like Dante Moncrief is going to get ten million dollars from some team again. I don't know how that man keeps stealing money from people. <laughs> Amazing. Like I would rather have Mike Crabtree for like three million a year, four million a year, than Devin Punches for ten. Can I say that I'd rather have Dante Moncrief than Tyrell Williams? I mean, I don't know if I'm. I, I might be stretching it there, but it's close. Me too. I mean, you know me, Tags. I'd rather have Kevin White. I'm sitting right next to my signed Kevin White helmet. Kevin White is going to go to the Patriots and resurrect his career. Like, let's not call him a bust, okay? He broke his leg twice and he broke his collarbone once. Well, he's a bust because he hasn't done anything on the NFL field. In four years. Yeah, it's been a long time, Bobby. I'm sad. You have to give up the Kevin White love. It's like That's like me saying that Carlos Williams is going to be the breakout player of 2019. <laughs> I, just want, I just want Kevin White to go to the Patriots because that's his only hope at redeeming me. <laughs> The Patriots don't have any receivers, by the way, because, uh, you know, Chris Hogan, Philip Dorsett, and Corderell Patterson are... What are you talking about? Julian Edelman's a surefire Hall of Famer, Tags. Obviously. But outside of Julian Edelman, the surefire Hall of Famer, they have nobody. I mean, do you think that the Patriots are going to get involved in any of this, Elliot? Des Bryant. John Brown makes a ton of sense for them as a better Chris Hogan. Because Hogan, a couple years ago, was like the best go-route runner in the NFL in terms of success rate. People forget he averaged over like 15 yards per catch that first year with the Patriots. Yeah, he was he was big time down the field. I mean, yeah, I, I would assume they're active. I would also assume they're looking at young receivers. But the Patriots are some people that they're just a team that doesn't value the outside wide receiver like the way these other teams do. They just want to keep working it to the tight ends, running backs, and slot receivers. That's their entire offense. And quite frankly, I mean, I'm not trying to say Tom Brady's not amazing still, but his arm is, you know, at some point, deep balls are not going to be his his go-to. So it wasn't great this past year. I don't know if they're going to spend a ton of money on outside receivers, but I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that like there's gonna be two receivers that we all think are like solid players that end up for like three million dollars on the New England Patriots. Of course, or somebody that gets cut last second that we would have never guessed would get cut, and just so happens to find his way in the Patriots. Yep. Do you think Randall Cobb's going to generate any interest? I didn't even put him on my list because who cares? <laughs> Sorry, Tex. Someone's going to pay him. Someone's going to pay Randall Cobb more than they should. Yeah. Pierre Garcon? Anyone? No. No, no. I don't like I see I don't like any of these guys. The the, the wide receiver needy 49ers let go of him, which tells you kind of all you, I mean, he 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 did cost him a lot of money. They signed him to a stupid contract when they did, but you're looking at aging wide receivers like Crabtree, Des Bryant. Like these guys are red zone guys. They're not really going to play that possession wide receiver role that you want them to. Dorsett is 
we've already seen him with two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he didn't really turn into anything. Hogan, towards the end of his career, Corderell Patterson, he's probably going to end up back in New England. And then you have Demarius Thomas, who is basically useless. I, I, I don't honestly, after him getting arrested last week, I don't know if he actually plays in the NFL again. I don't even think that's that hot of a take. Yeah, wouldn't it be surprised if no one signed Des Bryant? What's the difference really between these two at this point? Not much. I, I mean, I might rather have Des. At least he's not in legal trouble. The one, the one name of a guy who's like a solid NFL player is Dontrell Inman. I could see him ending up in New England. Inman's so underrated. He was he was good with Indianapolis at the end of the year, and he didn't even know the playbook. Right. No, I just I'm looking at the list of wide receivers, and your answer beyond Golden Tate and. John Brown is, I don't know if a ton of these guys are going to be fantasy relevant. Some of these guys are going to get overpaid and not a lot of targets. But if you're, if you're looking to build an offense, you're looking to do it through the draft this year, not through the free agent wide receiver court. Agree. Guys, we've got one tight end to talk about. I'm sure you guys know who it is, but I want to go back to running back really quick because we didn't hit on Marshawn Lynch. Do you guys think he retires? Cause I'm looking at the running backs here. I think he's better than Jai. I think I'd rather have him than Mark Ingram because he's still really elusive. He's not going to, you know, get 15 touches in the game. But Marshawn Lynch was quality last year. He just had no offensive line. Well, him, it really comes down to like the fact that they're playing in Oakland again. He's back with them. Like if he's if he plays, it's with the Raiders. That's it. Like there is no other team. He said that he's not interested in playing in any other team in the NFL. So it's either the Raiders or bust. And um, I mean, so it really comes down to the Raiders, what they want to do, because Doug Martin's a free agent, too. They they essentially have no starting running back right now. Him and Adrian Peterson are two interesting ones because Peterson's coming off a season where, you know, it's like he had his eighth career 1,000-yard season. He says he wants to keep playing. I mean, he says he'd like to return to Washington, which kind of makes sense alongside Geis, um, just being like that mentor to him. And then Frank Gore, obviously, he's coming off a season. He looked a lot better than anybody expected him to. These aging running backs, like, I expect them to fizzle out, but they just never do. So, I mean... Peterson and Gore are more interesting to me because Lynch is only going to play in, in Oakland. Like he, otherwise, he'll just walk away. He'll retire. Peterson will sign with someone in September. I want Marshawn Lynch selfishly to retire and do more Bleacher Report shows. <laughs> He's entertaining for sure. All right. So who's the other tight end you want to talk about? Obviously, Jared Cook's the first one. Yeah, Jared think. Cook's the first one. But the, I mean, the Raiders have said they wanted to re-sign him. So I was shocked to not hear about an, like a new contract for him because John Gruden said he wanted him. They have some cap space. I, I think it's the best thing for Jared Cook to re-sign with the Raiders because like he'll get paid there. Like this last season was the first time he's cracked 800 yards in his career. And he's been in the league for 10 years. Like he's not, he's not going to be like a top tier tight end. Like Jared Cook is going to be so overvalued in free agency. If he hits it, there's a lot of teams that need tight ends, but Tyler Eifert, I mean, he is, uh, I know that he's dealt with a lot of injuries, but when he's on the field, he's been a red zone monster with Andy Dalton. So, you know, what if there's a team like the Saints? He had one decent season, just like uh, Jordan Cameron and Gary Barnage. Well, no, he had, he had more than one good season. It's just, he could never stay healthy. Like he was like, he was very efficient with his targets and coming from Andy Dalton, that's saying something. So it's like, I think I've heard if, if a team like the Saints is looking for that Ben Watson replacement who Ben Watson didn't do anything last year, but if they're looking for someone that can walk in, that's like a Super Bowl contender and we need a tight end to, to go to in the red zone. I think Tyler Eifert makes sense. Yuck, dude. Yuck. Elliot, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? You get to break the tie. I think Eifert's, Eifert's injuries is often like incredibly freak injuries. Yeah. I, but it, wherever he goes, it's going to be a one-year prove-it deal. And I think he's going to end up more interesting on a weekly DFS basis than a uh, season-long basis because it's really tough to count on him. But the Saints would be a really interesting team. I agree. Jared Cook, I mean, Jared Cook played with Aaron Rodgers, right? So it's not like what happens if he goes to a good quarterback. I mean, they just really featured him. He had a couple huge games. He's, I think he's just going to take whoever pays him the most money. 
because he's going to get overpaid. And then, honestly, it probably ends up Oakland because Oakland has a ton of money. But the tight end, this offensive class in general, outside of Le'Veon Bell, just has no star-studded names attached to it and big-time fantasy impact. All right, guys, here's what I want to do to close out the show. So, obviously, we've only talked about skill players who are fantasy-relevant. Now, at the end, I want to talk about non-skill position players, and it's just going to be lightning rounds. So I'm going to name them and their position. You tell me where they end up. We'll start with Landon Collins, safety. Elliot, where do you have him going? The Colts. I think the Colts are the perfect fit for him. Lots of money, too. I've got him going to the 49ers. The Colts would be awesome. Him and Hooker together. Whoo! Yeah. I like that. I like that landing spot. All right. C.J. Mosley, inside linebacker. I'm going Chargers. That makes sense. Do they have the money to pay him? They will find a way if they don't have it. I mean, yeah, they, I mean, the, they, they've got 22 million right now. Probably seven of that's reserved for the draft. Yeah. I, I mean, the Chargers make sense because Denzel Perryman's, uh, he's a free agent. He hasn't been very good. Even when he's on the field, he's been okay. Uh, mostly would be very interesting to land with the Chargers because then they can just draft a defensive tackle and they're kind of set on defense. I can't believe they're not retaining him. I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what Baltimore's doing. Like, I mean, the cutting Weddle, it, Elliot, is there a reason? Did you find out? Like, is there a reason they cut Weddle? I, I don't know. Like, he's been <laughs> a great player for them that plays all the time, and he's a team leader, but so is C.J. Mosley. I think Mosley ends up with the Cardinals. The Cardinals. Okay, that's a, that's a good fit. Uh, Trey Flowers, he's suddenly the best defensive end because of all the franchise tags, guys, were defensive ends. You're going to need someone with some money. Let's go with, I mean, the 49ers could do it. I, I mean, they need some edge rushers. They have the cap space. They have the seventh most cap space in the league. They're not going after Antonio Brown. Like, I thought they made the perfect sense to trade for Antonio Brown, but they apparently didn't even call the Steelers, so it didn't matter. So, yeah. They make sense. I mean, they need an edge defender really bad. And I mean, but it, it appears that Bosa is going to fall to them. So they're getting one. <laughs> yeah, I'm going Packers. Who are you going with, Elliot? I've heard that the Jets and the Dolphins, his number one team is the Dolphins. And uh, the Jets and the Dolphins are going to try to spend a lot of money. on. I mean, he's already won so much. He might as well go to Miami and just live in the nice weather. Yeah, that's why I think <laughs> it makes a lot of sense, right? Cut a big check and live in Miami. Yeah, the Dolphins make sense. They're losing Cameron Wake and Branch, and yeah. All right, guys, another safety. This one's Earl Thomas. I've got him landing with the Packers. Oh, he's going. He's going to Dallas. Yep, I was about to say the, the Dallas Cowboys. That's like the done deal. Why? Why do you say that? Because he's like he's been saying he wanted to go to Dallas for a long time. Jerry Jones wants to sign him. He just didn't want to trade for him. Now that he's a free agent, he's going to Dallas. The Packers are getting a safety, right? Is it? It's not going to be Ha Ha Clinton Dick. So is it? Uh, <laughs> no, it's not going to be Ha Ha. Is it the Honey Badger? Eric Weddle. Eric Weddle makes a lot of sense in Green Bay. He does. He, a veteran presence. I like him going to the Bucks. They could use help at both safety positions. And if the Bears, if the Bears lose Amos, like you can expect them to be in this in the mix for one of these safeties too. All right, guys, let's go with two more here. Justin Houston just went on the market. Oh, an aging player. Uh, the Patriots. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Patriots would make a lot of sense. I also think the 49ers might make a lot of sense for him. He's, I think he's going to want to go on a team that he sees have a ton of upside. What about Houston? Like, uh, I mean, I don't want to say, like, the Titans. I know they can address the edge in the draft with where they're at, but do you think the Titans might make some sense for Houston? It could make sense, but I don't think it's the best landing spot. With Arakpo retiring, it just seems like they need to replace someone on the edge. I said two more, but I lied. We're going two more now. All right, offensive line. Uh, I don't know. Who do you guys think the best guy is, Donovan Smith or Trent Brown? Donovan Smith just signed an extension, and uh, it's it's a joke, by the way. It is like a literal joke. Like, Elliot, did you see that? We have $41 million. Stupid. Absurd. 
Someone on the Saints said we still get to eat for three more years. It was Cameron Jordan basically <laughs> sent out a thing to Okafor saying, oh, we're going to eat for three more years, basically, because, like, he's terrible. He's not good. Cameron Jordan is the best. I love that guy. So Trent Brown's the best. I've got him going to the Vikings. And let's finish it off with Sue. Where is he ending up? I've got him with Houston. I like that fit a lot, Houston. I think he's going to be out there for a while, to be honest with you, because, like, this is such a, a defensive tackle rich draft. Like, there is, like, there's probably six defensive tackles that might start right away, like just sitting out there. So I don't, I think Sue's going to be waiting a while and just, he's going to go to the highest bidder. Um, and it's just a matter of who doesn't get the defensive tackle they wanted in the draft. And I think they're going to go after him. So it's really tough to say with him. And with the offensive linemen, I think the Jets and the Texans are going to be the two teams who see bidding against each other a lot. Paradis, Saffold, I think there's a couple other guys out there that are, the Texans and the Jets are going to be desperate to protect a young quarterback with no offensive line whatsoever. Maybe they get Ramon Foster to go there uh, and team up with Le'Veon Bell again. There you go. All right, guys. Well, that's all for today's show. Elliot, thank you. As always, it was a pleasure. Uh, Looking forward to talking to you again. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right, guys. And we've got more draft content coming your way. And obviously, we're going to continue covering free agency. So make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future shows. And thanks also to Pristine Auction for sponsoring today's show. Make sure to subscribe for that contest at fantasypros.com slash contest where we're giving away assigned Amari Cooper Cowboys helmet and we're picking that winner in two weeks so make sure to get your entry in at fantasypros.com slash contest and again pristine auction is p-r-i-s-t-i-n-e auction.com for Mike Taglier and Elliot Christ I'm Bobby Sylvester thanks for listening enjoy your football I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.